This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Flato. Researching and developing new drugs is a notoriously long and expensive process. It's also a process filled with a lot of trial and error. Before a new drug gets approved, scientists must come up with something they think might work in the lab. Then they test it in animals. And then if it's past those hurdles, they test it in humans. In an effort to smooth out some of the bumps along the road, a growing number of pharma companies are turning to new artificial intelligence tools in the hopes of making the process more efficient. Yes, AI is here also. Joining me now to talk about his reporting on the topic is my guest, Will Douglas Heaven, Senior Editor for AI at the MIT Technology Review. He's based in London. Welcome to Science Friday. Hey, how are you doing? Nice to have you. Well, let's talk about that. Before we get into AI and how it's changing drug development, can you give us a quick refresher on how new drugs are typically designed and developed? Yeah, so, I mean, this will be super high level. You need to identify something in the body that you know your drug is going to interact with, and that's called a target. And then you need to obviously design the drug that's going to interact with that target. And I don't know, say your target is a protein in the body, then you want to design a drug molecule that will find its way to that target and either change how it functions or switch it off. And this is also typically done in the very early stages in, in the lab. You sort of put it in like a sort of chemical soup and see that it does what you hope it does. And the promising ones then go down, as you mentioned, you know, sort of further down the pipeline and get tested in, in animals and eventually in humans. But all of that is really slow and painstaking with loads of dead ends. We're talking about using AI to speed up this process, right? Before it gets to human testing. Exactly. I mean, so the big promise with AI is that you can cut some corners, do do less of the work in, in the actual lab, which is expensive, takes a lot of people, a lot of expertise, um, and experiments are, are, are slow to run. And so the idea generally is if you can do as much of this in a computer with AI-driven simulations, predicting which molecules will do what with which targets. If you can do all that in a computer and sort of, you know, avoid the dead ends before you actually then do the, the expensive lab work, then, you know, hopefully you can do the whole thing faster and cheaper. Okay, let's start with uh, some something practical we can talk about. How about identifying a new target for a new medication? How are researchers using AI to improve this process? So, I mean, it's all drawing on the, the vast amounts of data that we've acquired over the last few years. So sophisticated computational techniques are by no means new. And one of the reasons that AI is starting to make a big impact now is that that data, there's enough of it and it's you know high enough quality that you can use it to train AI algorithms that can you know make predictions about what this molecule might do with that target in, you know, in this sort of biological situation. And you can run many, many, many of these simulations all at once, searching through vast spaces of potential interactions, orders of magnitude more than anything we've been ever been able to do before. And hopefully you can sort of then highlight the one in, you know, a million billion that, that is promising um, and then only make that and test that actually in the lab. Let's talk about how drugs work in the body, right? You have a drug, it's a molecule, and it has to fit into a certain place in a certain spot on the cells. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And so it's like it's like a tinker toy. It's really a shape thing, right? A lock and a key sort of thing. 
And so you're looking for the right shape or the right molecule to fit in the right spot. And that seems to be like really tedious and maybe something AI can do a lot better. So if you if you have lots and lots of data about you know what kind of keys are out there, what kind of locks are out there, and you know what they might do when they go together, then you 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 throw all that at your machine learning uh, system, and it will learn the sort of the, the patterns of locks and keys. And you know when you give it, you ask it a question about you know a particular lock, it can sort of predict whether or not this particular lock molecule will be you know a good fit for it. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of how pharma companies are using AI image generation? I mean, one thing that you might want to do is actually take some sort of tissue sample from from patients. You know, so that might be like tiny bits of cells, and then you know, you train your robotic camera on them, and applying lots of these different potential drug candidates to those samples, uh, and see what happens. And the computer vision can monitor in fine detail like, the sort of changes that happen, tell whether that drug is killing the wrong cells or not doing anything at all. Uh, so it just allows you to do sort of experiments at scale. So you don't need actual human eyeballs on these experiments all the time. You can sort of run them automatically in a big robotic lab. Again, it sort of just speeds things up and does it with you know, far more accuracy uh, than you know, maybe an individual human could. You also featured a company called Accentia, which uses AI to match patients with drugs that they might otherwise not have been recommended. This is like, Terrific. Yeah, that's very cool. So, I mean, everything we've been talking about so far is sort of, you know, from, you know, from the bottom up, you know, we we're talking about sort of how you might identify new targets and then build new drugs that would act on those. They're also looking at things from the other end, from the patient end, where you might want to actually figure out exactly which drug matches that patient. So again, you would take a tissue sample from that patient. And then in the lab with these robotic computer vision, you can then test lots of different existing drugs, try a hundred of them on this patient's cells and see which one actually works. I mean, you would never try a hundred drugs on a patient. Think of someone who has to go through chemotherapy. You know, that's an extremely unpleasant, drawn-out process. And if it doesn't work, all, you, all you're able to say is, okay, that drug we just tried wasn't any, any good for that patient. So let's try the next one on the list. And you know, it might take you months or years to go down sort of half a different drugs. And if they're all not working, then you know, then that that's that's an awful thing to put a patient through. Right. And and you profiled in your work and you're reporting a patient that has actually benefited from this technique. They've run a trial now on quite a few different patients, but the first one that really gave them a sense that they were onto something was an 82-year-old patient who had been through six failed chemotherapy sessions you know so six different drugs that his doctors had tried on him hadn't worked i mean and that's months and months of of sort of suffering through all this so you know his doctors didn't really have anywhere else to turn nothing else to lose so they they enrolled him in this new trial they took tissue samples from the patient they tested dozens all at the same time and the amazing thing there is that the drug that they found that actually worked that they then gave to the patient was a drug that was on the market already um but its previous tests had suggested that it wouldn't be any good for the patient they were looking at. No kidding. That's why the patient's doctors hadn't actually tried it on him. But it goes to show that like every every person is different in sort of complicated, subtle, different ways. So just because the tests had shown that this drug hadn't worked, you know, for most people or on average, it doesn't mean that it wouldn't work for 
that particular person. And in this case, it did, but they wouldn't have found it if they hadn't sort of done this this sort of this AI-driven robotic lab. That's amazing because that's that's the definition of personalized medicine right there. Exactly. And also, what you're doing is you're you're probably, which is something drug companies are really concerned with, and that's money. You're probably making it cheaper to be able to do this, right? Using AI. Yeah, and like, who benefits from that in the end, right? It's 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 us. Um, the reason drugs are so expensive is because the cost of every successful drug has to cover the 19 or so drugs that didn't make it. Estimates slightly vary, but you know, one in 20 drug might actually make it all the way through from you know initial development all the way through sort of years of clinical trials to actually make it onto the market. One one person I spoke to in the industry said that you know, basically the business of drug discovery is about failure. I mean, you expect new drugs to fail. If you can make the process quicker by avoiding sort of dead ends to begin with, you know, throwing away all the sort of the the candidates that AI predicts won't actually go anywhere, then the whole process becomes cheaper. And if you also only then submit to clinical trials those drugs which seem to be most promising, then you know you'll have a higher success rate when it gets to clinical trial. If we if we can make it so that the drugs that we actually make and develop and then put to clinical trials are more likely to be successful, then yeah, the drugs the cost of drugs for everyone should right. go down. Well is this gone mainstream or is it a big trend or are these just small startups that are doing the AI work and then the big Big Pharma will come in when it's developed. Well, a, a bit of both. Most of the innovation and activity is happening sort of in the startup space, which is typical in in, in tech, right? And there's a lot of hype um, and a lot of money being thrown at these startups. I mean, one one investor I spoke to reckoned there were several hundred uh, you know pharma startups um, that have sort of emerged in the last few years, all looking at different aspects of this, all wanting a bit of the action. I mean, I expect there's going to be a correction in the next few years we, you know, where many of those won't, won't make it, but the activity in this space is, is, is really hot. And obviously a startup can move quicker and you know, try things and fail faster, but the big existing pharma companies, are they're not blind to this. I mean, they're also trying out these techniques themselves. Well, when, when, when do we know when all of this is a, is a success? You follow this quite well. Is this sort of a timeline? Do you see a progression when, well, maybe next year, a year from now, this will be mainstream and all everybody will be using? It, it will probably be a few years before we see the first drugs that were you know, designed with the help of AI actually hit the market. The, the mark of success of drug development is when you start clinical trials, right? I mean, when will we see AI drugs be part of clinical trials. There are a bunch of drugs already that have been submitted to clinical trials. So in that stage now where they're being tested in humans, around about 20, I mean, there'll be more submitted sort of every few months. But let's say around about 20 drugs are now in clinical trials where they're being tested on humans. Uh, and that's up from zero in 2020. So in the last couple of years, that's a sort of one measure of, of how fast this is progressing. Now, and clinical trials can run for years. So it, it might be some time before we see the first successful ones actually hit the market, you know, actually be be allowed to, you know, for, for regulators to actually allow your doctor to prescribe it to you. And of course, we may find that the drugs that have been submitted you know, in the initial round, maybe none of them work. So you know, we might go back to scratch and then these companies will have to sort of try again and, and, and submit new drugs. Um, but even if that happens, then this technology is not going away. I mean, the 
the, the upsides in terms of speeding things up and cutting costs, I think, are, are too great. Yeah. And AI is here everywhere to stay. Why not in the drug industry, Will? Thank you for taking time to be with us today. No, it's my pleasure. Will Douglas Heavens, Senior Editor for AI at the MIT Technology Review. He is based in London.